You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Jade Bird. I'm really excited to share this talk with you, particularly because it's probably the most laughter-filled talk we've had since Greta Van Fleet. Jade is one of the new acts that's really killing it in 2018. Her single, Lottery, is such an earworm. And it's one of those songs that you just know is going to stand the test of time. I got to catch up with her right after she played a support slot at Barry Ballroom, the morning after the show actually, and we talk about her career, her life, and how it's been having such a mental year already, and why she's not afraid of being open about her ambitions. You're listening to the 405 Exchange with Jade Bird. Enjoy. So I'm sure you're like sick to death of people asking you this, but because the guitar is so part of your music, I just Uh couldn't help but wonder, do you remember what it was like the first time you picked up a guitar? I do, yes. I think, uh, because my grandma, I borrowed my grandma's, and we just talk about my grandma actually, but yeah, she she had some lessons and never really took it too seriously. And uh, my mum's ex-partner kind of used to play uh, guitar on my grandma's one, so I ended up kind of nicking it between them both and teaching myself. And it was actually a really beautiful guitar. The strings were quite thin, uh, which is something I've never been able to quite recreate. It was just an acoustic, not an electric acoustic. I don't know, it was really, I really like that guitar. Getting reminiscent now already. Yeah. Do you remember what it felt like though? Like, because it's int- what's interesting about finding your music is that there's a lot of subtleties to it. Yeah. But in terms of like the emotion that gets conveyed, there's almost like an ownership that you have of the guitar that I don't, I can't pinpoint to a lot of people. Yeah, well that, that came, I mean, I, at first I was trying to, I remember I was trying to get through like chords first, that's your biggest hurdle as a guitarist, and then, but that was, it was always like a, a, a way of transporting my emotions through it, do you know what I mean, instead of focusing on the guitar, yeah. I've always found it as a bit of a, a, a instrument to getting you know my feelings out as opposed to a bit like a conduit yeah a conduit yeah I was trying yeah. to think of a more intelligent word and you just nailed it on there that conduit yeah, yeah definitely don't worry I thought you were part of it too like, yeah but yeah. you know like you brought up your family a fair bit and we're talking a bit before the recorder uh-huh. and uh, I had the recorder and I mean I feel like music must have been a bit a big role in your life growing up what was that like growing up with music like was it something that was always there for you or? yeah well I, I tell this story a lot but my, when I was a baby baby my uh, parents rolled up my grandma's drive uh, with me in the car and the music was so loud that my grandma came out and like bashed them over the head kind of like you can't you're gonna hurt her ears was it from the north or in Wales <laughs> Wales one yeah. yeah yeah my grandma from Wales but yeah so I mean my dad was really into dance music my parents met you know kind of mid 90s era they yeah. were in Northern Ireland both in the army and they really loved rave music yeah. uh, so I was kind of exposed to a lot of electronic music as a kid so I guess probably when I found this kind of acoustic like guitar driven you know either rock or blues I remember being you know hit in the face by blues uh, Delta blues music like Sunhouse. that's kind of why I put a song on my last EP uh, grinning in your face because I was like yeah. it, was, it had a really big impact on me as a kid um, so yeah I mean growing up with music it has a certain magical uh, element not to sound too cliche yeah. Uh, but I really do see music as kind of a, a raw thing that comes straight from you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I've been surrounded by it. What I love about hearing that is that it kind of reminds me of how the ways people describe music as a bit of a companion. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is interesting how you could contrast that as a companion that comes from within. Does it feel that way in a sense? Like as a companion that kind of goes with 
with you through life. Sometimes. Oh, absolutely. You have albums that you remember. I remember the Mazzy Star album. In, yeah. uh, you know, coincidentally, Into Dust was the first like, little lick oh I learned. It's just the D chord, technically. Uh, but I remember sitting at night and listening to that and getting in pretty dark places to it. And that kind of stays with you. And I think like any any music, I, I, for some reason, when, I, when you discover an artist, that's the, the best thing in the world. Sure. And that's why I love playing live, because you feel like people are kind of discovering you like that a little bit. You know, I remember when I found the Civil Wars. I remember when I found Alanis Morissette, Patti Smith. I remember I, I used to stay up at, till 3 a.m. at night and be like, trowel the internet for good stuff. And when I'd find yeah. it, I'd be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd, I'd, I'd be so hyped though for ages. It so. really is funny how you could associate some albums with night. Like I remember there was a time in my life where I couldn't fall asleep unless I played uh, Mezzanine by Massive Attack for some reason. Oh really? Yeah, That's this like, is like yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah. a year or two ago. It's just yeah. like, it would just kind of soothe me, but I would never understand why. It's yeah. like the funniest thing. Andy Schoff is the latest one for me, not yeah. falling asleep. Cause he's got this lyric in it that says like, um, I'm, I'm shifting through drawers and going through papers in his head yeah. and I just thought that's such a great like way of putting it but uh, yeah yeah um we talked a bit before and also I've read this about you but you've traveled a lot growing up yeah and it was particularly because your dad is both your parents in the military and they met in the military and then my yeah. mom left to have me so wow. similar to my mom's parents yeah and I'm curious to hear how living that way influenced your songwriting because I wonder if like as you were traveling around and growing up, you were always writing. Is that something that was going on in your life? Yeah, definitely. I, I started songwriting um, after my parents split and we moved from Germany. Um, I think that's why like marriage always whittles it whittles its way down into my songs. Yeah. Like divorce and cheating and all this malarkey always comes out in my songs. But I think I don't think traveling around necessarily influenced it. I think it was approaching new people constantly, you know, and yeah. constantly having to adapt. And I I find that. I I'm always able to find one thing interesting about everyone I meet, you know, be it a short kind of intro or a long conversation. I think there's something in everyone and I believe that. And that's why I think emotions for me, putting them in songs and trawling them out and trying to represent people and how they feel at a time, to me is a, is a really great, great thing. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad worked at an architecture firm. We had to move wow. around a lot. And it was the type of thing that like, when you're living that way, you don't realize what a whirlwind it is. But then when you get yeah. older and you look back, it's almost like, how is that a way I lived? Yeah, and you develop so much as a young person as well, I think, you know, yeah. going through all the all the changes, you know, at such an early age, you take it for granted how much you probably grew in that phase. Yeah, I think what's very particular for you, though, which must be kind of trippy, is that, like, touring around that way, especially with, like, a military background, because, mm -hmm. like, going from base to base, I'm a bit familiar with that. Yeah. Um, it's weirdly, in a lot of ways, similar to touring. Yeah, I, I it, like it's, at least in functionality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember I, I had a good time though as a kid. I remember Germany. There was this massive acorn tree that we'd all kind of gather around as a kid and like wait till the parents forgot about us and gather them all up. And you know, there's some there's some great moments like in in, in terms of like areas that I've been. And I think touring's the same way. I have little kind of uh, moments in each place. For example, I remember you know when we travelled from Virginia. I love to drive. I don't really like flying. I get all bloated. It's pretty gross. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a jet set person, but I remember in Virginia, like when we were driving all the way down from, I think it was uh, New York to Nashville, um, we came in and it was That's like, a good drive. Yeah, it's amazing. Straight through like the Virginia mountains we went through as well. Um, but there was like this, we went to this little kind of tiny shop or something, like a village shop, and it was almost like Apocalypse Now of banjos. And it's called <laughs> the Floyd City Center or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they all came in and they started playing like their, what, what must have been their weekly gathering yeah. of kind of bluegrass and there's like dancing and no one was under 60 and it was just 
incredible. So that's I guess it's similar. Good. You have little memories. Yeah, that's like a proper into the wild moment. Oh, I love it though. We saw a bear on the same, literally on the same Did kind you? of days. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm fucking terrified of bears. <laughs> I'm like petrified. Bears are one of those things that I look at and I'm just yeah. like, like I, I do love animals. I should preface this. I love animals, mm -hmm. but it's like you know people talk about animals being endangered and how dangerous humans yeah. are. Yeah. I look at bears and I'm just like, all right, well, we're endangered enough. I guess <laughs> bears are one day gonna kill all of us. There's a great uh, Father John Misty thing about that. You know when he writes. I love Father John Misty. Uh, I've been like obsessing over that it. That latest album is perfect. It's like poetry, pure comedy yeah. is perfect. Yeah. But sorry, yeah. not to stop. What were you gonna say? No, no, no. Um, but he wrote this kind of what was like an essay uh, on bears and how he wishes. You know. <laughs> You know, like he's sarcastic. I didn't see that. <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. It's amazing. He's like, what if we spent the whole time, you know, our whole lives just being grateful we got into the next day and not being eaten by a bear? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking perfect. He's amazing. Honestly, I love it so much. Oh, we talked a bit about like how music felt like a companion for you. And I wonder, like, how did that manifest itself into the desire to play? Because it's one, something I'm always fascinated by, especially with the more musicians I talk to, is like, mm -hmm. it's one thing to play music, like, after work or after school and just kind of like for your friends but it's a totally different thing to take it further and play in front of people mm. when do you think that desire manifested itself to like make it become your life uh, well i've always been a bit of a performer a bit of a narcissist arguably no i'm kidding <laughs> when i was a like toddler i was the one to give the maracas to the family and be like right play on the beat you know what i mean and they'd get it taken back off them if they could not play on the beat and watch jd at the same time <laughs> I think I've always had a bit of an extrovert in me, uh, but it's ironic because when I started playing the guitar and writing my songs, it, they were incredibly introvert and incredibly just writing music for myself, and that's something that you always try and get back to, because as much as I enjoy being on stage, ultimately I get a buzz like nothing else in my life from being on stage. I, I mean, you saw the show last night, I, I genuinely have so much fun with it, and so much fun, you know, having banter in the middle of the sad songs, and yeah, so I think when it really changed was probably when I started gigging at 14 I was like can I go out and take this into the pubs of you know Wales and see how, how it goes yeah. and it kind of grew from that really that's really beautiful yeah. uh, I mentioned to you how the way I heard about you was because uh, some really good friends of mine saw you in Sweden yeah. at a new music festival uh -huh. and it was the type of thing where they saw you and immediately they wrote to me going like you have to check this girl Jade Bird out that must have been when it was like 10 p.m. over there so it was like pretty yeah. late here and I was like okay what the fuck yeah but then oh, <laughs> <laughs> the first um, tune of yours I heard was lottery that was the oh. first song I heard okay. and like I think what's made that song resonate with a lot of people is the fact that the imagery and the lyrics is so succinct. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to have storytelling going on, but it's the type of thing where I can't find myself asking you what that song is about in terms of sentiment. Like, I feel like everything comes across. Yeah. I wonder what it was like for you not to just write that song, but decide on the imagery you wanted to convey. Well, that was interesting because this song, I think, is the first uh, song that feels like it's truly me. You know, I've had a fusion of influences through all my past material and everything I've written, but I feel like this is a new phase of something that is just so direct. You know, it's like my own sound. And I, I can't explain to you how long I've been trying to get that, so when I did, I was like, ah. But I think a new sound calls for a new uh, visual element. Yeah. And I think as an artist, you know, when you, when you kind of earn that right to be an artist, you have to start thinking about all the elements that kind of make people want to watch and want to listen and have the experience with you. Oh. Uh, so the visual element, I, I mean, we got on board with a lady called Kate Morose, who's an incredible uh, director. And I just said, look, you know, this chorus calls for color, uh, in, in my opinion, you know what I mean? 
and I could see, I, I did this pin board uh, before we did the video yeah. um, of kind of like a tunnel of light, one of the pins was, and she literally went into a garage, you know, with this big team and built the tunnel of light that you see in the video, yeah. you know what I mean? And it all kind of came together like that really and I started taking more of an interest in it. You know, it's funny because like I hate when people say like uh, people don't watch videos anymore, or maybe mm. it's just because of me, but I definitely do. But I mm -hmm. felt it was so perfect about that video is it perfectly fits the song. Like the yeah. way that spinning's happening and the way you're playing, like it all comes together. Yeah, it's the same thing as when people say, you know, people don't listen to albums anymore. I can't explain to you how much <laughs> that gets my back up. You know, why do people just put out singles? Because we only, you know, we live in a singles market. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, because that's just crap, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's bullshit, I can swear mm. on the podcast. You, can but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. albums make artists. And if you just put out singles, like, I'm not connecting with that. I'm not vibing with an artist that just puts out great single after great single. You know, you have to have a back catalogue, even if it doesn't sell as much as your single. Yeah. I, I kind of hate the way music's being, you know, getting a bit deeper, but I hate the way music's just turning into a brand right now. Exactly. Because there is a place for the brand to exist, but it shouldn't be the overarching. Brand should just, like, assist, not be the thing that overrides everything. It should be your art, like, the way Bowie did it, the way Cher did it, the way, you know, even Gaga did it. You know, they kind yeah. of, it is a brand, it's, the, it's their brand, but it's also, like, almost it's there it's, it's they're turning into a piece of art at the same time exactly. it's not just kind of just rubbish i'm gonna move on to something else but before i do i just mm -hmm. want to say something about lottery and it's funny of being a, a dude and listening to that song yeah yeah because it's like <laughs> The only thing that's funny about being a dude listening to that song yeah. is that like because of the way you're singing it and how the words are being conveyed, I could tell that you as a person are so clearly like so past the situation the song's about. <laughs> that I remember like when I was listening to it the first time, I just thought to myself like, man, I'm so glad I'm not this dude she's talking about. Oh, I think so right. I mean, I, I look back and there's been some tweets about I'll go into no more depth, yeah. and there's been some tweets about it that I'm uh, like, woo. <laughs> Sparks over there. Yo, like it's just like I was just like, man, hashtag called out. <laughs> called out. I know, I know, man. You have one of those songs. Isn't that funny? Because I'm you're a music yeah. fan, so this times you listen to a song and think that, but you have one of those songs. Now. I do. I know it's so true. I literally and like I've said this loads of times before. Number four, Ferdinand Street, in the lyrics is the blues bar that I grew up playing in London, and mm. we actually sat down and had that conversation in it. So oh, it's deep, man. It's That's deep. Some deep yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, and you know, listening to Lottery obviously led me to listening to something American. Mm -hmm. What I loved about that body of work is how cohesive it is and how the songs correlate to one another. What was it like for you to work on that EP? Because to have a collection of songs like that mesh so well, that mm -hmm. must have been like so important for you. Um, I think it was like the cream off the top of everything I've been writing since I was like 12 years old, since I started writing. You know, and I think therefore it was like it was the fusion of influences and it was it was kind of the young jay bird and all the magic in it you know what i mean so i think the fact it was cohesive was probably coincidental in a way but it was also thought out i mean i discovered simone felice and david barron who've done all my material produced all my material up till now yeah. um, and i went to obviously upstate new york to record it and i think that all had such a big influence into how it ended up turning out in the end yeah. you know it was quite the amazing thing to go and see all this you know it was so new to me i'd never like kind of been out of the uk that that often where about upstate new york um palenville okay. and and woodstock that kind of area oh wow yeah so i got to go to woodstock and be like you know that was i can't explain to you that experience it was that must have been really wicked mad like, mad wicked hell i think like uh last time i talked i think lisa hannigan went up there for a bit to really us, so, yeah. that's interesting that's yeah it's really fucking massive yeah 
you know, another song that I loved a lot was uh, Grinning in Your Face. And I, I think there's an interesting uh, thread that song has to Lottery in terms of how you're singing. Because I feel like your vocals have a vibe of gospel, but there's also like a joyous element to them also. Yeah. And your use of wordplay particularly, that's the thing that stuck out to me a lot. Mm-hmm. What was it like to write the lyrics for that song? Like, were you thinking about how you were going to sing it while you were writing, or was that like well after you wrote it? Well, Grinning in Your Face is actually a cover. It's a Sun House cover. Um, as like obviously I know Jack White's done a rendition of it as well but I just really enjoyed uh, and it's similar to what I write about you know people and I guess I really enjoyed the the message behind that song and as you're a young female you know you have your your bitchy kind of experiences (laughs) and people do look at you and say one thing and then go behind your back and do another and it's always confused me because I'm a very brutally honest person it's kind of because I've been surrounded you know that by I guess I've seen a lot of lies unfold and my response to it and my reaction has always been to be just honest yeah. you know it's a lot less stress when you're kind of just being like you know you've got no lies to cover up so I, I like I felt that song was quite personal to me as yeah. well now I feel bad that I didn't know that was a cover but I'm sure <laughs> that something tells me this isn't the first time someone's brought that song up and they didn't know it was a cover so yeah no right. you're alright man you're alright don't worry don't worry talk to me about uh, what I'm I here for because the track ends the EP and the vibe of that song and the presence with it there's something really poignant to mm-hmm. it um so I wrote that that was a like a 3am kind of vibe uh, I wrote that in my room and I guess it really just kind of came together I played the first chord and the first lyrics came in the second chord and it just kind of fell fell out of the sky a little bit out of my mind and you do I'm, I'm the type of person you know that's why I was a bit late today because I think so much at night and I get myself in such a you know an anxious place and try and make everything better and never feel good enough and 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 that's kind of all meshed into that kind of message of you know if I'm not here to love you or if I'm not here to love like what what am I doing you know because ultimately when when it comes down to it that's what you're meant to be doing. You're meant to like love your family, love your friends, love your boyfriend, uh, instead of kind of aiming for all this shit all the time. So yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that though, because because of the way your life is and just like how essentially your job is, mm. you're almost put in a position where all you're almost allowed to think is ahead. Yeah, and I do. I'm I'm incredibly ambitious, and I think you can hear that with the way my music's developing. You know, yeah. I I don't want to let any sound confine me, or any body, or anything confine me. You know, success I think is arguable in what you classify it as being, but I guess the way I've always classified it is, you know, why can my music not reach you know the the top amount of people? Because yeah. it doesn't alienate anybody, and it's it's relevant to everyone. It's just simple emotions. Um, so I guess yeah, I, I I'm I'm ambitious, yeah. but at the same time time I'm, I'm very grounded and I value that do you know what I mean yeah. and there's examples of that too like not to compare musically at all but just in terms of what you're describing mm-hmm. but like soon you're gonna be opening up for first aid kit yeah and I know those girls a bit in passing from just like festivals and mm-hmm. like working like show circuits and stuff and I don't think I've to this day I've ever come across a group of people who are more committed to what they're doing without it like consuming them yeah. Where it's like they're about clearly ambitious, but it's not the only thing that drives their lives. And I've, I've noticed that. And in well. interviews with them as well, because obviously I've only met them once quite briefly uh, in Austin. You know, we came off a show and they were really lovely. Yeah. But I, I did notice that during all their interviews that I've read and stuff like that, they seem to have taken time for life as well. Yeah. I think it's important because as soon as you try and write that album and you've had no real connection to people, that's when you lose it. Yeah, you know? and it shows across. Like yeah. that's what makes, I think if anything, like, it makes bad albums. It's not necessarily how a song sounds 
sound, sound sonically, but it's like when the artist almost sounds detached from it completely. From society and yeah. from, you know, feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, you're, when, it feels, when an album feels cold, I think, is when an, when know, an artist You know is. what? And this is probably the only example I have currently of a bad album I listen to. Oh. And, you don't, and you don't have to comment because <laughs> I don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah. But that's probably exactly why I didn't connect with the most recent Justin Timberlake album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love him as an artist. I loved his previous album, 2020. But this mm. most recent album, Man of the Woods, it's interesting how in interviews and stuff you talk about how personal it was. I listen to the music and it just sounds so devoid of hum human, like a mm -hmm. human touch. I think it's because everyone at the moment is really trying to redefine what authenticity is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sometimes why, for example, Justin Timberlake, and I, you know, I, I love the first single and I thought it was a real banger. Yeah. But I guess that's why some people have to go to the woods uh, to kind yeah. of, you know what I mean? And I guess every, every artist in pop right now has gone to the woods you know I have to say like and it's gonna be funny bringing this up to people who people are listening who know me but this is more for people who don't know me yeah but as a black American slash British yeah. relatively European person yeah um just don't get it just, <laughs> all this wood shit, just don't get it like when people talk about going to the woods like I'm just kind of like why like yeah. what's why you want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I guess it's like because you gotta go to. So I understand the metaphor. If you take it like a metaphor, you know, literally go into the woods. I don't get it either. But I guess you know what I mean. I guess everyone's gotta go to the woods in their soul a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean. Everyone's gotta go to some kind of deep, dark place in the, in their heart to kind of get something really good. But literally going to the woods. I don't know, I like aircon. I don't know if I could do that. I like aircon and windows. <laughs> aircon and windows are dope. <laughs> yeah, dope. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I only have a couple more questions for you. This has been really good catching, like, getting to know you. Yeah, right? man. I'm yeah. having so much fun. You know, I was thinking about this during the show last night because it was so good the way it was. But, I mean, we're only in April, and yeah. with New York being the way it is, uh, naturally, you're more likely going to be playing like maybe another two, three shows here before mm -hmm. the year's over. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that art grow. What striked me with that though is that like the show feels so well put together already, and mm -hmm. you're just opening. And I think what was really interesting is like, as it was going from song to song, you were clearly like swelling up. I felt like yeah. not don't worry, not visibly, but I meant like <laughs> I'm on a plane. Yeah, but in terms of like how you were feeling within your performance I wonder how do you feel now as a performer like what is that like for you a lot more confident Um, you know for example I'm, I move off the mic I do my little creepy dances <laughs> off the mic now uh, but I yeah. love hearing it described as a creepy dance. <laughs> it's my grandma dance I mean no one's gonna get it on a podcast but if you look you can definitely see my grandma dance somewhere. Uh, but yeah no I feel I feel like I can express myself more and more and that's the ultimate goal I think you know you you're doing this to be able to reach the peak of expression you know when you get to that point where you're not even double you know you're not even second thinking about what you're doing you're just kind of doing it and you're in that zone yeah. and I feel like I'm getting that a lot more but I think the shows you know when I come back to New York we've got a bunch of my first US tour you know after uh, the summer uh, being announced I think you know I'm gonna bring I bring the band in on some of my shows and I'm trying to work out how to extend uh, songs like Lottery on Fallon you know when I did yeah. that little extension uh, to just keep growing because I, I think that's you know my big biggest goal to keep growing yeah and that was my favorite venue you played unless I buy your bra it's, like, it's a great venue were you kind of thinking to yourself about headlining a show there you yeah. obviously yeah can't say on record if you are going <laughs> to it up but like yeah. what did you find yourself thinking like man I'd like to headline here somewhere. absolutely I, I'd kill to headline that venue it's this and when it's packed out as well you, you get an indescribable vibe of people especially you know I play piano in my sets it's quite intimate moments and I, I adore to play that venue it's beautiful yeah it's really lovely before I let you go the last thing I wanted to ask you is just like I mean, we kind of touched on it already, but I just kind of want to do a bit of a deep dive in mm -hmm. the sense that, like, it's 
April. Yeah, yeah. You've already done so much, mm -hmm. like just this year alone. Mm -hmm. What's that feel like? I'm a worker, so there's, <laughs> there's never too, there's, there's always more to do, do you know what I mean? But I think the most important thing is is back to the music and I think I'm releasing something really, really soon. Uh, a kind of, you know, a bit of an off-piece thing before jumping into the proper next single. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, you know, we're moving on to album time and I've got my concept and I've, you know, I'm really just hyped to do more. You know, it would be bad of me not to go into this, but you described how Lottery was almost like a bit of a reawakening for you. Yeah. Would you say that the next track also has that kind of element to it, or do you think it's going to end up surprising people in some way? Uh, it's gonna, the next track we release, uh, oh, it's not confirmed yet, but the next track we release is going to surprise people because it's, it's, back to, it's back to being a little more um, introverted uh, before kind of a bigger explosion. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So kind of going into like bringing go it back, back down. Out. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's important, you know, people know that I'm still, you know, I have lots of different... Uh, the word for that you'll get you'll get a word what's the word you have lots of different edges to you yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. you don't want to do a bet yeah let's do a bet okay i've never done this on podcast before okay. but it'll be fun something i have a feeling somehow you're gonna end up playing like the new year's eve uh jewel jules han hooting anything oh i wouldn't okay. be surprised if okay. you play about any year should we like better fiber yeah yeah let's do it let's, let's do, do it. it five dollars or five pounds Oh, five pounds. Five pounds, okay. Actually, fuck it, huh? I'm in America. That exchange rate shit. <laughs> well, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll cross it otherwise. <laughs> okay, alright. It's on, it's on. I could see that happening, though. I'd love to. That'd I'd be really to. wicked. Put that on record, yeah. yeah. Alright, Jade, it's been really good chatting with you. I yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Cheers. Yeah.